morning, everyone. The Mary Griffith Show rolls on, brought to you by Refreshment Services Pepsi. Oh, tomorrow morning, I'm going to have to talk about all the great Pepsi products that have been delivered here to the Radio Ranch. My golly, down by the uh, bulletin board and the staff mailboxes, there's every kind of Pepsi product you could possibly imagine. So, in addition to Harvest Ridge Coffee, which is so easy to make, even Steve Bowl made it this morning, uh, we now have all kinds of Pepsi products. So we'll talk about that as uh, at tomorrow's Mary Griffith Show. But, of course, it's Wednesday. Laura Sievert is here. She's raring to go. What's up on the agenda, Laura? Well, we're kicking off with auditions this weekend. Um, really excited about Quincy Community Theater's staging of Rent. Um, it's the first time Rent has been at this theater, um, and it's uh, you know a really beloved show. I see the word Rent, and I start thinking about... 525,600 minutes. I hope Brandon's listening. That was my audition. Um, you just heard my entire audition. Okay. <clears throat> it's good. Um, of course, Rent, uh, you know, long-running, amazing uh, Broadway show. Um, you know, it's a big deal when Broadway shows are finally able to be licensed out into community theaters like this. So auditions are February 11th and 12th. And if I can sing a little show tune on the radio, you can audition for this play. Um, there are lots of great roles, um, big ones and small ones and, and everything in between. Um, all, all the parts are um, really uh, flexible for casting, so they, you, know, you never know what, how the cast will end up looking. Um, and, yes, it's a musical, but there are some roles that are not singing. that music-intensive. Yeah. And there's some roles you've got to be able to knock it out of the park. Sure, 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 sure. But there's even a role for someone as untalented as me. As me. Yes. So, I mean, there's roles for, gosh, well, adults. Uh, adult, all all, it, all adults, of adults. Yes. All because ages. It's, it's loosely based on La Boheme, and basically it's about people that live in kind of a downtrodden part of New York City. So, I mean, it's not just young folks. It's right. older bag ladies and all kinds of people. Anybody who you'd find on the Lower East Side, which is anybody. So, absolutely, um, <laughs> it's literally anybody. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, auditions are this weekend, February 11th and 12th. Um, and you do need to have an appointment, um, and you can read about auditions on online because it's nice to know sort of what to expect. Um, but but please do check that out. Shows in April, and it's going to be amazing. It is going to be amazing. So auditions are Saturday and Sunday, February 11th and 12th. Uh, they are absolutely going to have a lot of interest in this, but don't let that intimidate you. They have not precast anybody in this role. All you have to be is 18 and older. Uh, if you can sing, dance, and act, all the better. The show premieres on April 21st, so have those two weekends. It's kind of hard to get in a show and then not be able to show up for the show. So right, right, right. Make sure that's going to happen. The Valentine's Day Blood Drive is coming up on Valentine's Day from 11 to 5 at the Oakley Lindsay Center. And you've got the food that's going to draw them in. That's right. Our uh, 2023 sponsor is the Yum Factory, who is providing awesome Valentine's treats for our Valentine Blood Drive. I will tell you, and I don't usually say this, but we're lagging behind in our sign-ups for this. And it is making me sad. But I know it's Valentine's Day, guys, but it, you can be a pint down and still have a great Valentine's Day. Um, and in fact, if you take your girlfriend, you get drunker quicker. Yeah, that's right. This is good. It's good. Good thinking. Um, but really, you know, giving blood is really something. Um, I, it's close to my heart. I, we do it in memory of a couple of folks that we lost to cancer who needed this, you know. Um, and it just keeps their memory alive. And I know that there's somebody out there um, who who will appreciate that you made a sacrifice and came in and donated blood at our Valentine's Blood Drive. And, um, yeah, we're one of the top 1% of teams in the nation, which I always mention because we have the best treats. So come in. You'll also get some Arts Quincy swag. we got some stickers and some 
Um, envelope openers, I don't know if you know those envelope openers. I, I needed some, so we ordered like 500. So now we have cool envelope openers. Everybody needs an envelope People opener. People used to give those out all the time. But nobody can ever find them. And you I got 300 one. of them, but right. I can't ever find them when I need one. So you get one of those, too. So that's, but that's good. It's um, 11, to 4, uh, 11, to 4 at, 11 to 5 Excuse me, at the OLC at the Oakland Lindsay Center. Um, just hop on AmericanRedCross.org, and you can sign up for your spot and make me happy because we're, we're lagging a little on sign-ups this time. So sign up for the Yum Factory uh, treats yeah, and get really blood. Fun. It's like, you know, really, they're going there to eat, but giving blood is like the byproduct of that. Okay, Quincy Civic Music Association and Quincy Symphony Orchestra. Two great concerts coming up, back-to-back, really. Two great groups, so let's yeah. talk about them both. First things first, the Saturday, February 8th, 18th concert at 7.30 at night at Salem Church. Beautiful acoustics there at 9th and State. Yeah, this is Seraph Brass. Um, Seraph meaning angel, of course, and it is uh, an angelic group for sure. Um, this is a quintet um, of all, uh, they, they, they build themselves as top female brass musicians. Um, I checked them out online last week because I'm a brass musician too and I wanted to, to see. And really I think people are going to enjoy the, the wide repertoire they've got. I mean, you're going to hear some classical things and some things that kind of go with that angelic theme. But th- they also bust out a pop tune here and there. I heard a Taylor Swift cover they did. I was like, wow, all right, we're doing a little bit of everything. Um, so, uh, diverse range of music, well-known, you know, uh, things for quintet, of course, but newly commissioned works and pop things too. So a little bit of everything. Single tickets are just $25 or you could go to St. Louis next week and see them for triple that ticket price. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Yeah. I don't think people understand that we get these, they could be playing within 48 hours from Quincy. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. 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 It's it's $60 is the opening ticket price in St. Louis. So believe me, come see them here. And I bet you Ninth and State has better acoustics than they're playing there. Well, and you're going to be closer to the, you know, you're going to be right up um, to see the musicians. It's just such a good opportunity. Don't miss it. It is uh, QC Mace, Sarah Brass. um, And, uh, again, tickets are $25 in advance at Hy-Vee County Market um, or uh, online at uh, QuincyCivicMusic.org. Okay. Then the Symphony Orchestra, Sunday afternoon, February 19th at 3 at Morrison Auditorium, Quincy Junior High School. Tell us about this one. That's right. It's its 75th anniversary season, so they've really um, gone into the archives and found favorites. Um, this one's called Cherish, Cherish Melodies and under the direction of Ms. Dr. Bruce Barney. Um, the setting of the Symphony Number no. 9, which is the Dvorak piece, um, you may not know it by name, but if you if you just YouTubed it real fast, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I definitely know this piece, right? People love it, and it is one of those uh, those recognizable classical music pieces that has made an appearance somewhere in your life. Um, they're also playing the American Suite, which is um, not as well-known, but I think it's really exciting and um, got that warm, nostalgic feeling. Um, some of the other things that are going to be done here is the youth orchestra is at this concert. They're doing a song called Brilliance which is a new commissioned piece by an Illinois composer, uh, William Camphouse, Bill Camphouse. Um, this one is about, um, he, he, he says that it is reflecting on craftsmen and labor um, and uh, the idea of, of being able to mine things that are rough, like a rough stone, and smoothing it and polishing it and making it amazing. Tickets are 18 for adults. Oh, and of course, so Symphony, this is the um, Young Artist Concert, too, so the soloist will be um, at the at this concert as well. So tickets are 18 for adults, 15 for seniors. We'll talk about it a little bit more next week because it is Sunday, February 19th. Um, of course, kids 18 and under, always free to both Civic Music and to Quincy Symphony Orchestra, so take your kids and enjoy a great time. Okay. 
I'm going to give you a bonus, even though you're over your oh. time. Oh, dear. I'm going to give you a bonus about movie trivia night for the Quincy Concert Band. Oh, yeah. Bonus. Please come see our movie trivia night. It is um, the Quincy Concert Band's first big um, uh, fundraiser since 2019. We need your help. Come on over. Uh, Saturday the, the 18th um, at the Eagles Lodge. Um, the doors are open at 6 p.m. You can reserve your table for $100. $100 for a table of up to eight players. Um, there's a 50-50 drawing. There is all kinds of fun stuff. It's movie trivia, um, and I do know this is your secret. If you listen to Mary Griffith, you'll know there is at least one category that is specifically Star Wars. It's like a whole round, and there's one on um, Jurassic Park as well. Okay, so. so if you know those two, you've got a head start. You don't need to buy mulligans. Go read them, right? Or go or no, go watch and them. study up on those. If you're a Mary Griffith show... Listener, you get an added edge. But you just email quincyconcertband at gmail.com to sign up. Uh, okay. I hope one of the categories is dumb and dumber because, you know, then every guy would know all the answers. All the answers. Um, as we let you go, Laura, I can't help but say that um, if anybody wants to get their wife a pearl necklace for, for a Valentine's Day, hmm. all you have to do is mug Laura Sievert today. <laughs> she is bedecked in pearls all over her blouse. So just... Rob her of her shirt, well, and then take those and string them on a lovely string of pearls. And that's my Ann Taylor shirt, girl. I like hey, this shirt. Well, I like this. My fancy. This my fancy February shirt. My birthday's this week, so I'm getting fancy, you know. Well, happy birthday. Well, thanks. Me and Lincoln, we're like this. Yeah, yeah I, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, Abraham Lincoln's birthday is your birthday. Yeah, there you and go. You know what? Take a school holiday, just because I said you could. Yes. It is 929. My mushroom people, the mushroom people are here. Ooh. Oh, God, their mushrooms are so good. It's, it's not, it's, yeah, they're good mushrooms. We'll talk about how they cultivate them in just a moment. We are back. Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Every once in a while on the Mary Griffith Show, I meet somebody and I'm just kind of fascinated by what they do. I guess maybe I'm looking for my second or third career, but we've had the rabbit guy on that raises rabbits and collects their fur. I thought that was pretty cool. He brought me some rabbits. I had to give them back because I can't take a rabbit home. (laughs) But uh, today we have people that have brought me mushrooms. And we are talking to Chris and Jacqueline Corvea, farmsteading and more. And the more is growing all the time because you've added some um, product lines to just growing mushrooms. So we kind of have to reintroduce you to the Mary Griffith Show listening audience. You've been on before, but the one thing people look for out in the woods all the time is mushrooms. Of course, you can look for them in the grocery aisle, too. And when you've never had a really good mushroom, the stuff in the grocery aisle tastes pretty good because you don't know anything to compare it to. But if you've ever had a real, real, real mushroom, the stuff in the grocery store kind of pales by comparison. And that's where you guys are banking that people will buy cultivated mushrooms. So who's going to tell me about uh, the business in brief, how you got started, and now you're just growing and expanding in all different kinds of mushrooms? And to Chris, Jackie's pointing at you. So go ahead, <laughs> take it away. All right. Well, good morning. Um, the cultivated mushrooms are always unique in their their own aspects. They're always different on their flavors. Every species tastes different. They're just all around delicious. They all have different textures, and they go with all kinds of gourmet cuisine. And Well, that's the thing. I, you know, a lot of people don't know much about mushrooms because the stuff we get in the store is that little white button mushroom 
or maybe a baby bella, which is a portobello mushroom that's little, or you know, or you see a big portobello mushroom in the store. Those are readily available. Sometimes the prices aren't quite what we maybe wanted to see, but mushrooms are expensive. I mean, I guess the truffle is kind of in the mushroom family, and it's the king of everything, you know, at $1,000 a pound or something like that, or maybe even more. So let's talk about the kinds of mushrooms you grow at your cultivation point in Hamilton, because this is not the kind of stuff you're really going to see in the grocery store. You have to buy it directly from you or at a farmer's market if you're going to get this kind of mushroom. So just go through, and I, we were teasing this morning about the Blue Oyster Cult. Mm-hmm. And for years, everybody's heard of the band, the Blue Oyster Cult, and probably never knew there was a Blue Oyster Mushroom. Uh, I don't know if it's named after the mushroom or after they opened up an oyster and had a blue perlin. I don't know. But what in the world is a Blue Oyster Mushroom? Because I've had it, and it's delicious, but I can't describe it. Because who's going to describe it for me? Well, the uh, Blue Oyster Mushroom is a mushroom that lives on wood it's we cultivate it in our uh, grow room it's a very beautiful looking mushroom it's you know we use the picture on our business card that it's so vibrant and pretty looking the blue oyster mushroom has several different ways that you can cook that and utilize it the one of our favorite ways to cook it is in a basic stir fry or even if you used to cook it up similar to like a morel, it's we get compliments all the time on how how close that taste is to the morel when they cook it. And the mushroom has a very good texture to it. Oh, I know. And I, I like mine just with butter. Get your microphone just a little bit closer to your mouth there. You can move the mic to you if you – I don't want you to have to bend over. You're a tall man. Now, the blue oyster is really beautiful. It is. It's really pretty, and it's got this little – it almost looks like an upside-down flower. It's got this little mm-hmm, indent it in does. it. It's like, a, like the bell of a, almost a trumpet that just comes out. It's, it's just gorgeous, and it tastes really good. The poor brown oyster, not so fancy a name. That's but, my favorite. But that that's my a favorite. good oyster, too. I, I've had, it's or creamy. Good too. I've had that one. Yeah, the creaminess. Let's talk about that. The, the brown oyster has by far the best creamy texture, and even if you dehydrate it and use it later, the smell of it is just amazing and used for everything that you can put it into. It's by far my favorite mushroom. Even if it doesn't look the best, it tastes to me like the best of all of them. And does that grow on wood as well? We it, Yes, we do. Okay. We grow that the same way as the blue oyster. Okay, so the blue oyster and the brown oyster grow the same way, and they just... Again, have very different properties and taste very different. Mm-hmm. Lion's mane. Obviously, it looks like a lion's mane. They're, they didn't have to go to too much trouble to, to name that one. How do you grow that again? The lion's mane is cultivated in the same manner. It, it likes a little warmer temperatures than the blue oyster does. The lion's mane is mainly grown for the medicinal properties of it, but you can just do a simple saute with some butter and some garlic, and it's delicious, especially if you have some chicken and a biscuit crackers to oh, eat yeah. with it. It's amazing. It, just, it makes for an excellent snack. Okay, so get your chicken and a biscuit cracker <laughs> in your lion's mane. And, and you mentioned, uh, well, we'll get to that in a moment, but the different temperatures, the different mediums. We'll talk about that, uh, you know, because there again, this is what you're doing. Uh, uh, some mushrooms are more seasonal. I think a lot of people have heard of a shiitake mushroom. They think of that as kind of one of the king mushrooms. Uh, And so what makes them a seasonal mushroom? If you're growing them and cultivating them, 
why can't why are they seasonal? Why can't you control that year round? Well, you're kind of at the mercy of nature in a certain aspect. We can man- manipulate our grow room to certain temperatures, but when it's 95 out this summer, it's hard to drop that temperature to 50 degrees for a week straight with that continuous air circulation and actually initiate that mushroom into growth. So So really, it would be possible if money wasn't an object, but because there is the reality of the fact that you have to maintain temperatures, this is something that grows in a colder climate. So you're going to do that one more in the winter when Mother Nature is helping you keep the grow room colder. Correct. Okay. The king oyster is very seasonal. He's he's a cold weather mushroom, and the enoki mushroom would be a very cold weather mushroom. And you know, just certain mushrooms grow better better with certain temperatures and what's more feasible and what's the demand at the time. Now, what are some of the new varieties you have? And I mean. I don't think the average person is sophisticated enough to walk up to you at a farmer's market and go, oh, if only you had the XYZ mushroom, mm-hmm. I would certainly <laughs> buy that from you. I mean, most people don't even know there are different kinds of mushrooms. There's, some of them buy in that little can, those gross, disgusting things, and that's good enough for them, so yuck. But how do you decide a, a new variety? Is it based on how easy it is to grow, how profitable it is? I mean, again, farmers aren't going to grow acres and acres of soybeans if they don't have a market for it. So how do you decide to come up with a, um, not that you're inventing it, but come up with starting the spores and getting a mushroom colony going? It depends on the colonization time and how much room it's going to take to cultivate this mushroom and how much time it takes. Some of those mushrooms will have, we'll be growing them for three months before we have to put them in the grow room or before they'll even produce a fruit. The, well, the shiitake being one of them, they're, they're one of the longest colonizing mushrooms that we do grow. The king oyster, it takes a good amount of time, and the biggest factor on it is do we have the space, the warehouse area, for, for these bags to colonize for the proper amount of time before we have to move them through, and this way we're not holding on to anything too long taking up space. And I love it because I've I've eaten your product, and when you, how can I describe it? When you deliver it to me, um, it doesn't look like what I buy in the grocery store because they're still all together like on a stalk. And I like that because I think I get more mushroom. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, who wants to, I guess, maybe cut those stalks off, but when you go to the store and you just buy them in the cellophane, um, You've got that woody tip sometimes that you almost have to throw away because it's really no good after the mushroom's been cut days and days and days prior. Freshness is what you're all about and keeping it kind of on the stalk so that the chef, or in my case the cook, can can just chop off what they need or or chop them up at the the point of of putting them in the saute pan. Is that part of why they're so good? I think so. Not to mention just they're even more prettier and beautiful to look at. So when you're looking at it, it's almost like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to tear it apart to eat it, but I know what it's going to taste like. And with that, it it's, makes you want it more. Yeah, when you just go and get the 79-cent-a-pound white sliced mushrooms, by the time you saute those down, you do want to throw things on top of them because it, they taste okay. Like I said, 
it's hard, it's like describing something. If you've never had something better, you don't know. So I'm not going to, you know, tell everybody, quit buying these little white mushrooms <laughs> at the grocery store. You can afford those, and you like them, eat them. Because once you have these, you won't want to go back to That's the true. That's, That's very true. Tragedy. It's kind of like once you've flown first class, you will not be crowded back in, in super economy at the back of the plane. So, uh, you know, you kind of have to kind of have to manage your expectations um, of of what they're going to taste like. So what is new? What's going to be new for 2023 in the mushroom world? The well, you hope, because we don't really know <laughs> if it's going to work. It's kind of like a farmer. You planted a crop, and now you hope you're going to get some something well, out of it, right? We have had success on a few new strains. One of our favorite new strains would be the Piapino mushroom. It's a wonderful mushroom. There's, it's a lot, it seems like there's a lot of stem. But the stem's got a very mild crunch to it, so it pairs in a lot of dish, a lot of good dishes. Our favorite was a, a fettuccine dish that we had made. Um, another new one will be the freckled chestnut, which is a very beautiful mushroom. It looks like it's got scales on the cap. It's it's also known as a cinnamon cap. Um, Black brocade. Another strain would mm-hmm. be that Black Pearl King. It's kind of like a cross between a King Oyster and a Blue Oyster. It's got a beautiful marbling, a black marbling cap on it, and the stem itself is a little softer than the King Oyster, so that might be a little more desirable on the texture when you go to eat it. So there again, you it's almost like a wine tasting. If you're not familiar uh, you know, try a couple of different kinds because you might want the crunchy stem. You might want a softer stem. Mm-hmm. You might like the creaminess of, uh, you said, the brown oyster. Mm-hmm. Or you might like, uh, the, you know, the, the sauteability of another one. Uh, it, it really requires you to experiment. They're all mushrooms, mm-hmm. but let's like saying beef is all beef. I mean, it's very different uh, the jowl of a cow versus the rump of a cow versus, you know, the loin of a cow. So it's all a mushroom, but each different kind mm-hmm. is uh, a gourmet delight in its own way. Everyone okay. has their own unique taste preference on them, and every one of these species tastes, has its own unique taste to them, especially with the shiitake. The shiitake has what you would call a very unami flavor, which... You know, unami is kind of described as the savoriness of uh, a taste. And, you know, that's that's something a lot of people desire. And, you know, just because I like it doesn't mean the next person's going to like the taste of that particular species. Well, it's kind of interesting devoting a whole show to fungus because basically, you know, a lot of people won't even eat a mushroom because they say it's a fungus. And, I mean, obviously, <laughs> Good, more for me. But, you know, like I had, I was just on vacation. I love octopus. And if you get a baby octopus, kind of sounds cruel, but if you get a real small baby octopus, that's the best one of all. Teenage brother's okay. But, you know, the, the, the smaller the octopus, to me, the better. People don't like octopus because they've had a big, giant octopus cut into rings for calamari and fried. And, you know, no wonder you don't like it. It's like chewing a rubber band. But if you get... A good octopus. Young and tender. <laughs> Young and tender mm-hmm. octopus. 
strip from its mother <laughs> of the best octopus to eat. So it's just like anything else. you got to find your dimension. you got to find your dimension. Well, they've got all kinds of other products, too. So if you're like, if I hear one more word about mushrooms or, you know, I'm going to go crazy, don't worry. They've got all kinds of other things. They're expanding their business. We're going to talk about that. But first, we have to do some business of our own. We are back talking mushrooms and other products now. We're going to move into the other products. Farmsteading and More is the name of their business. They have gourmet mushrooms, and now they have freeze-dried foods. I'm talking with Chris and Jacqueline Corvea. Uh, they have this mushroom farming operation, which is indoors on wood, light-controlled, temperature-controlled. I was joking about the little tractor. You don't need a little tractor. <laughs> uh, you know, But it's kind of interesting, and I, I'm just fascinated by this. And they've branched out now into other areas. And I'm going to try for the first time live. I'm going to tell you if I like it or not. I, I doubt if I won't not like it. But, you know, I mean, you never can tell with me. So I'm going to eat um, a, a Skittle, a copyrighted word. Can you use that? You, If you change it a little bit and you put your company's logo with freeze-dried Skittle and change it to drop, you can because it's okay. not the exact same thing. So if you like Skittles, let's see if I like these. Is it real hard? They're kind of mm. crunchy. It's kind of a little crunchy. Mmm. Oh, yeah. Now, that's better than a Skittle. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So talk about those while I'm chewing. <laughs> it's it's about, like right an ex- that microphone. it's about like an explosion of flavor, and there is yeah. they're, um, a whole new texture. I, sometimes it's hard to eat a gummy candy, and once they're freeze-dried, it, it just... I don't know how it changes the structure under that vacuum, but it sure does cause them to expand, and it really gets that sugar going. Uh, yeah. Now, this is <laughs> yeah. this is not for the faint of heart when it comes to, because uh, the first uh, ingredient is corn syrup, and the second ingredient is hydrogenated palm oil. However, it's a treat. The thing I like about what you guys do it's so fresh. This was processed on February 2nd, and I'm eating it now, and it was mm-hmm. freeze-dried. So yes. while it has a good shelf stability, I could probably eat it months from now, mm-hmm. the fact that you just made this on February 2nd, and I'm eating it on February 8th, is part of why you guys are successful, because yes. it's all about fresh. Yes. Fresh, fresh, fresh. Now, this is so new, you haven't even priced these items yet. Correct. So you still have to make enough batches to figure out what your cost per batch is. I'm Watch Shark Tank. Wait, you guys should be on Shark Tank. <laughs> That'd be really great. Don't pick Kevin, though, okay? Because I don't want to do it. <laughs> pick Mark Cuban. He's a cutie. Okay, the next thing I'm trying, what's the name of this thing? It, it looks like a mushroom, but it tastes like a peppermint patty, right? A, mm-hmm. a York? Yes, a freeze-dried a, one. A freeze-dried, somewhat like a York, copyright-restricted peppermint patty. Be prepared to tell about it, because when I start chewing, I won't be able to talk. So tell us all about this, Jackie. It's one of my favorites. Oh, um, why is that good? Yes. It's almost like eating a Thin Mint cookie, but it's a candy mm-hmm. form. And it just the way it, it's going to dissolve in your mouth. It is delicious, and it's addicting. Just be warned. <laughs> you are going to love it. <laughs> this, is, this is a sample size. When you package one for me, make it in a 55-gallon surgical. <laughs> that is good. How do you get that texture? Well, you can't give away your trade secret, but I mean... The freeze dryer does most of the work as long as you make sure you get them to where they're not sticking to each other. There's a lot of work in preparing it, but other than that, there's no mushrooms in it. No mushroom in it, but it's delicious. They brought it. Is that made out of mushrooms? (laughs) Oh, weird. You know? Nope, not at all. 
So you're branching out. So this is really becoming how you guys want to make your living. Are you totally making your living doing this now? Or Yes, this is wow. You're farm setting and more is, is everything, and we're even experimenting with other mushroom products and other candies, and this is just a little treat of what you so get you right like now. seasonings. Yes. So just like you pair a wine with a cheese, you've got a seasoning to pair with a mushroom. Yes, yes. Wow. You guys just sit around all day and grow and eat mushrooms. Really? Is that really not your whole day? Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. Now, people want to know how they can get this. Now, this is a gourmet item. So, again, you know, I understand you can sometimes get mushrooms in the store for 79 cents a pound. I understand that you can pay four bucks on a general day for the little white things that most people enjoy because they haven't had anything else. Yours are a little bit more expensive, but... There's several ways to get them, and also you're going to be at farmers markets. You're going to be at the home and living show. So Correct. let's talk about how people can get in touch with you now that we know a little bit about your business and we may, may want to explore. Because I had a dinner party and I served these mushrooms and I blew these folks away with my. Awesome. They thought I was like the bomb, and all I did was put. I literally put butter in a pan. And sauteed them just till they were just barely cooked. Mm Because they look so beautiful. It was that blue oyster mushroom. It looks so pretty, you know. And then the the brown mushroom I cooked longer to get the creaminess. So I I was the bomb. I took your advice, Jackie. No problem. So (laughs) I can get in touch with you. We love hearing these stories, Mary. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Keep bringing me food. You'll keep hearing them. We love it. Um, the best way to get a hold of us would be um, right now. It would be giving us a phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, to get that phone number, you could check out our website. It's still under construction. There's, it's not very easy to figure out the website. We're still working on that. But our phone number would be on the website. It would be two one seven four four zero. Five six zero seven. Okay, I'm going to repeat that, and I'm going to keep their business card because I know people are going to call after the show is over, and our reception is going to go insane. <laughs> so it is two one seven four four zero fifty six zero seven two one seven four four zero fifty six zero seven. So uh, write that down. If you do forget, Penny will kill me, but I'll have the card there for her because they live in Hamilton, but they deliver in Quincy. And then, obviously, you can become a customer and get on a regular delivery service. Mm -hmm. But you're also going to be at the Town Center Farmer's Market, which is on Saturday mornings and Tuesdays and Thursdays. Will you be there all three days, or that hasn't been decided yet, or how... We'll know. You'll let us know when you're going to be there, right? We're usually there every Saturday. We're every not sure Saturday. on the Tuesdays or Thursdays yet, right. but we're, we'll let everybody know when we figure well, that out. Well, you've too. got to harvest this product fresh. Mm-hmm. So there again, you know, it, it's not always conducive to running to Quincy with a small batch harvest. So we'll look into that. And then um, you're also going to be at the Home and Living Show the first weekend in March at the Oakley Lindsay Center. And a lot of people are not expecting a mushroom vendor to be there, so uh, Mm -hmm. we'll look for that. Uh, You're going to have to do a lot of education that day, I'm sure. People are going to really want to know how you grow these things. And the thing that fascinates me is if you can do it, how come I can't do it? Like, why can't I just go down in my basement, throw some wood chips in a pile, scatter some spores around, come back in six months, and harvest some mushrooms? It's not that easy, is it? It's not that easy. There's there's a lot of lot of work that goes into it. Um, the biggest thing is dealing with all of the competitors in that microbial world. The 
mushroom itself, it, it is a fungus and it is an organism, but so is mold and all the other things that you don't want to be growing in there. Well, damn, I could grow mushrooms in my bathroom <laughs> because I got a good case of mold going there. Well, we're out of time. You don't have to know how they do it. Just buy it from them, okay? Once again, it's Farmsteading and More in Hamilton, Illinois. The Corveo family, their number again, 217-440-5607. Thank you for letting me share all these beautiful mushrooms.